Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 212th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. You got to have something else to say besides just kicking it right back to me every time. Um, did you notice that it went from like 95 degrees yesterday to like 70 today? Yeah. Hoodie season. Yeah, we're in the fall, and I'm yeah, I'm wearing this nicely, like kind of kind of like a summer shirt, just to you know, just to say say bye you know we've enjoyed the toasty sunny weather and all that but you have it's time for it to just give, give way to uh to a little a little cooler weather a little a little more football a little more like chilly that kind of stuff yeah I'm just i don't think you enjoyed the <laughs> yes it was fine okay was i didn't fine. like i didn't hate it I, you know we can enjoy the sunny toasty weather even though summer's not my favorite sometimes still appreciate it um Kyle, we had a therapy session last week. We're going to actually preview the Auburn game this week and talk about the successes and failures of the Abilene Christian game. Before we do any of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. And of course, you can support us directly on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Where to begin? Um, We'll save the any depth chart news and things like that for the preview. Um, we will start out with a 34 to 17 Mizzou win over Abilene Christian. 34 17. What does that do for you? 34 17, and one of those was a punt return for touchdown. Uh, just like, just quick thoughts a little concerning it was it was uh not exactly what i was hoping to see but i wasn't terribly surprised either um the offense it's you know it's is what it is it's young it's inexperienced and it's not very good yeah what the way you've put it multiple times and it's just the perfect it's exactly what we see during the game is it just looks they make everything look difficult every yard looks like a struggle yeah <clears throat> yeah, and you know we were kind of talking about this before, actually, uh, before we started recording tonight. Just uh, like how can we, how can they just get some easy th- stuff going? Just get these some confidence going. Just get some easy pitch and catch. You know, find some guys. To, I know it's obviously easier said than done, but just they need to get some intermediate routes going. Have some guys find some soft spots in the zone and just complete some. 10 to 12 yard passes I don't know it just seems like we're, we're going deep or we're throwing completely horizontal and nothing in between and uh just yeah it looks like the the offensive line just, it's just muddy everything's muddy everything is you know it just looks difficult the the plays that are like a huge success almost are like a surprise yeah. at this point yeah which is really depressing yeah um Brady Cook his stat line was pretty decent 22 of 31 297 yards and three touchdowns. He also ran the ball six times for 42 yards. He's playing hard. Yes, and um, he looked fine. I I don't think there was nothing incredibly alarming about his performance, um, and it it's just not, in my opinion, I don't think we can expect it to translate to SEC play right away. Um, 
but we've got a really good opportunity that we'll talk about against Auburn. Something that uh, Coach Steckel on the uh, commentary pointed out multiple times is he kept finding the player that was doing about a 12-yard in and just kind of finding the spot in the zone. That's what you're talking about. Do you think that's repeatable? If it is repeatable, I don't know why it shouldn't be repeatable. Mm -hmm. Why haven't we seen that in bigger games or against better competition? Yeah, I don't know. It should be repeatable. Um, They should at least be trying it more. Um, You know, I think sometimes Barrett Bannister is kind of known as the the third down guy that the chain mover because he is so good at doing that just kind of finding those open spots and kind of sitting down and making himself open but i mean he kind of had a rough uh game all things considered he had a big drop and a mm-hmm. big holding penalty yeah so yeah i don't know um it seems like that kind of stuff should be repeatable it's not terribly complicated offensive scheming or like route running but it just seems like when the when the uh, the defense gets turned up a little bit, that that competition gets a little more athletic, a little more um, you know maybe there's a little less time to throw. Things just kind of go out the window. Yeah, and maybe that is part of it. Just like slower developing plays, and yeah. the you know the horizontal passing game, you don't need much time, and. A deep ball, you don't really need that much time. You drop back, it's a timing thing, mm-hmm. and you just let it rip. Yeah. And let your receiver run under it. They did that successfully in this game. Dominic Lovett had seven receptions for 132 yards and two touchdowns. So he is well on his way to a very productive season stats-wise. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely having the start to the season that we kind of hoped for. And, like, we – I mean, he was obviously the, the one of the main picks for a breakout season for, like, a yeah. younger, talented player – think everybody um was kind of on dominic lovett and yeah, his so far, recruiting pedigree and coming mm-hmm. into a sophomore season with pretty good experience as a freshman yeah everything about that trajectory makes sense for yeah, sure and it's good to see him living up to that for sure and you know i think uh hopefully you know that kind of he he becomes the scouting report you know luther Burden's always going to be in a scouting report but i hope that love it continues to play well and to kind of open things up for other guys in in the offense too you know i hope that um maybe the defense is forced to kind of focus in on him a little bit and it creates some opportunities for for burden or for or dove or whoever it is or maybe even just the running game in general (laughs) the running game it has been a struggle um are we putting that on the offensive line at this point there's three running backs they have looked capable plenty of times they they each bring a little bit of something different yeah yeah i I, th- I think so honestly i think the offensive line is to blame so far at least for um the str- i mean the, they ran fairly well against louisiana uh, louisiana tech but the the most previous two games they have not really gotten anything on the ground and the running backs seem like they're doing all the work there's no room to run they are getting hit almost immediately at the line of scrimmage and um, I don't know. That can be really frustrating for a running back feeling like you have to do all the work. Yeah, Coach Drinkwitz in the post-game press conference said, we're going to, in practice this week, we're going to refigure who, we got to figure out who the five best offensive linemen are and yeah. give them all the playing time, basically. Yeah, and I know the, the PFF grades are definitely, you know, not everything, but I certainly think that can tell a, a story. That can certainly... Um, be a somewhat credible source for at least a piece of the puzzle for what's going on. Right. And 
Yeah, offensive line run blocking has graded pretty terribly all three games, and their pass blocking surprisingly seems to grade fairly well, but um, run blocking, they have not graded out well. I think that kind of matches. I mean, that adds up. I mean, it matches what we're seeing on Saturdays. Yeah. I yep. mean, um, the like you said, the running backs are getting hit in the backfield, and they're – yeah, like their first point of contact is at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. almost every time. And yeah. they're having to make a guy miss or break a tackle. And Brady Cook has okay time. And we've seen plenty of times where he – I think in this game he had confidence to step up in the pocket and keep his eyes downfield mm-hmm. and find a guy. But like what we saw against Kansas State was just there's guys in his face – his eyes came down he was more worried about you know salvaging anything and like protecting the ball and stuff like that that you can just see it when a quarterback is confident stepping up in the pocket versus they kind of shrink and their eyes go down they're not going to be finding a play down the field right yeah, I definitely think this is uh, a little bit of everything, but the offensive line is, I think, has been the main culprit so far as of a, for the struggling offense. And I think we we know what we're going to get from Brady Cook at this point. You know, I I think that n- none of us probably would have ever said Brady Cook is a super high ceiling guy, um, but he's going to come in and play hard and, and do what he needs to do to to get the win. But O line definitely not helping him out whatsoever. Did you feel like the defense did what they're supposed to do against uh, FCS opponent? The yeah. there was a really late touchdown yeah i would i mean yeah i would say they did a fine job i think they maybe struggled with some missed tackles but you know i think that's not necessarily justifying it but that's part of maybe not respecting your opponent as maybe as much as you should um guys just kind of not wanting to get hurt and that kind of stuff which in some respect i guess i can understand but um they they could have played better i think but ultimately i don't think that game was ever in danger of you know being real competitive and i think you could kind of tell that a little bit effort wise and yeah there's definitely some garbage time points for sure too so um yeah i think the defense will will hopefully uh, maybe be a little more focused in an sec game how about that luther burden punt return wasn't that so just like that was just so like uh I told you so moment yeah. like you know i mean i obviously coach drink was, was aware of Burden's punt return talent, and I felt like that was inevitable at some point, r- regardless of what the fans were saying. But it, if you're Chris Abrams' drain there, it's like this is Abilene Christian. Like there was, yeah, there was nobody there to make the tackle when he picked up the ball. I don't know if I'm Chris Abrams' drain there, and I'm the competitor. I'm thinking, guys, I could have I, done, I done the same thing. Yes. Like, like give me that opportunity oh, yeah. he's he definitely could have but you know what i mean he had some chances and he did not take advantage of them at all and we talk about it all the time i would the last thing i want to do on a if i'm a football player is be the punt returner that's yeah. the last thing i would ever want to do chris abrams drain it seems i i don't know him but i feel like he might agree and yeah. just based on the way <laughs> he was uh, well a completely lack of fielding punts and would we rather like would we rather that be a safe part of the game plan where we just let the offense go out there and have the ball? Yes. Or are we wanting to gamble on every punt return exactly. and make a little bit more risky play? Probably not. Yeah. I'm, I was fine with if he wasn't if he wasn't comfortable trying to field those, you know, like a bouncing ball or yeah. something like that, then just don't. But um, at the same time, I don't think he, Luther Burden did anything. He didn't do anything that made me go like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? There was no, no like, no, 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 no. 
type yeah, of play from him. Especially so. against those opponents, for sure. It True. was kind of just like, yep. And he had some other good returns, too, yeah. um, outside of the touchdown. But, yeah, that, that seems he like... clearly has the instincts for it, yeah. and we knew that without even having seen him do it there's like a small part of me that kind of wishes we could find somebody else that's serviceable because i just luther burden so valuable to the team and i don't know it's kind of one of those things it's like uh, it's an injury risk but yeah well he uh had to go over to the sideline yes. after one of the punt returns he, and everybody's holding their breath he went to the locker room after one of the punt returns yes but he was back out there still doing it in the second half so mm-hmm. the coaching staff's not too worried and uh at some point you know he's still a freshman wide receiver and he's incredibly talented that's exactly who you want to have out there yep you know in future seasons we could pass that role on to somebody else Mm -hmm. hopefully who's equally as talented yeah real quick i you i kind of uh steamed on by one of your points that you brought up about the offensive line you mentioned that they're kind of trying to find their their five guys a little bit and that was one thing that we we kind of didn't mention was that in this game the offensive line was struggling so much with uh, penalties too that they they put some new guys out there so uh, i think it was mitchell walters was playing right guard maybe and then uh, EJ, and now he is on the depth chart yeah as as the uh, starter no uh, he's got an or okay so he's will definitely be a contributor and so that i think he maybe took connor wood's spot who connor wood has like four penalties or something like that um like he's yeah and then uh, it was EJ mm-hmm. Nadoma Ogar who was out there, and then he got a penalty he as did, well. Yeah, I think I could be wrong, but it was pretty much like the first play he goes in, he gets a holding penalty. Yeah, so clearly uh, struggling to find usable assets on the offensive line. Connor Tolleson, um, bless his heart, yeah. is a, he shouldn't be out there. No, and I mean, asking but a lot of them, but. He, and he would probably tell you the same thing, honestly. Like he, it's just uh, a, an unfortunate situation. He's probably not ready to be playing uh, SEC football, and you know he's a talented young kid who I definitely think he's going to be good. But just needed the normal arc of like what a, a freshman offensive lineman um, would do. I think he's a redshirt freshman, and he's clearly a little bit undersized. Needs to bulk up a little bit. Um, needs to add some weight. Um, but he's going to be good. But he just it's kind of like the Drew Locke experience. Like he just got thrown in there and thrown into the fire a little too early. It's going to be fine, but it's going to be ugly for a little while. And that's that's Mizzou football right now. Yeah, we're going to have good pieces. We're going to have guys that aren't ready. Yeah, their I mean, freshman just, season. There's nobody else. Yeah. And uh, honestly, on that front, Missouri is better off this year than they have been the last couple seasons. And that was you know uh, the coaching staff was talking about liking the depth and everything in the off season. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some truth to that. And we're, but we're seeing how when you haven't been recruiting at a high level until very recently, then you just don't have a lot to work with. Yeah. Create some glaring holes that young guys are having to, to fix and wouldn't normally have to do so, which honestly in the future, that's fine. Get these guys to experience early. I mean, Connor Tolleson, barring injury or transfer he's going to be the starting center for for the next four years uh, at missouri and that's great but right now it's it's a struggle yeah and he's just you know you can't expect him to be yeah uh even starting caliber his freshman year um let's see here javon foster playing really well yeah (laughs) he's uh (laughs) he's holding down the line and uh I did. Uh, Hyron White was at practice. I don't know if he was really like 
actually practicing. Um, but I think Drink said that they're kind of in the next few weeks are going to try and analyze whether he's good to come back or if he's going to medically uh, redshirt this mm-hmm. year and come back for next year, which at this point doesn't seem like the worst thing ever if he came back next year. Um, we had a punter change midway through this game. Jack Stonehouse came in to punt after some struggles uh, from Sean Kading, and uh, he's Stonehouse is now the starter for the Auburn game. Congratulations. Um, he looked pretty good yeah. punting the ball. Yeah, and I know it's just I, – I shouldn't say just the punter, but to just have, like, multiple positions where you're, like – pulling guys because they're not playing well against an FCS opponent that just isn't good that's just not a good look that's just concerning on a lot of levels and uh I don't know yeah and uh, unfortunately I mean it's kind of like a joke in college football like the fact that even Alabama sometimes can't rely on their kicker to make field goals or their punter to you know be incredible every game Mm -hmm. so that's not I don't necessarily feel terrible being in a similar situation like that but yeah, with like specialists yeah. yeah but uh man it is it is honestly a game changer to just have a guy back there punting the ball that you know he will at least not you, you will never end up with you know a net 20 yard punt mm-hmm. or net 15 yard punt yeah and uh it it didn't i think lucky for mizzou we have a we actually had a guy that could come in and bring some competition because some teams they're stuck with the guy that is a question mark every single time i don't know maybe some mizzou fans would be okay with that because then we just go for it on fourth down more often um and stop trying to draw the other team off sides yeah we love doing that so far i think it, it did work once so far this yeah it season. actually did yeah i think i've watched a lot of football in the last <laughs> few weeks i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i'm pretty sure it worked for mizzou at at one point um anything else of note we did get to see a little bit of uh tavoris jones at running back yeah in garbage time yeah he just got in there for that last drive but um i thought that i was really encouraged by by what i saw he looked like really good feet very decisive runner was hitting the holes and looked like a superior athlete just in the couple of runs that we saw from him so we need to get him some playing time moving forward? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really just feel like um, in, like, a couple years, it's just going to be the freaking Sam Horn to Boris Jones show. Man, I think those guys are both really talented, really bright future, and they're going to be pretty nasty duo um, here in a couple years. So let him redshirt this year? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Did you already ask me that? No, I, no, I was okay. saying. Yeah, I would say. You prob- want him out there? I want him out. I want him out there, but I, at this point, save him. Like the way that I just feel like the season's going, I just, I just say uh, redshirt him probably. If he's good with that, you know, I feel like that's like an, I feel like that's like a new element. Is like, do you understand? Like, yeah. redshirting does not mean we don't like you. Yeah, doesn't mean we you're need, not good. It means we need you to be the running back of the future. Yes, yes. we need you to continue to develop and, and be the guy in like a year or two. Um, it was good to see Rakestraw get an interception. Yeah. That was a really good concentration yeah. play, basically making it one-handed. For sure. Um, oh, I did want to talk about the uniforms, of course. Mm. Uh, they did something different on the helmets. There was like a script, tig- the word Tigers. Uh, so we got to ask 
producer Cameron, the graphic the graphic artist. Um, <laughs> what what did you think of the Tiger's script on the helmet? I loved it. Okay. Would I you? Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, would you have rather it been black instead of white? Yes, but okay. the script like itself. Yeah. I do wish it would have just been like the solid black. Yeah. But the script itself, I really like. Yeah. They seem to be uh, throwing that on several different things. They uh, the coaches had it on their shirts. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they I were using it in some social media stuff. Yeah. I, like I really it. liked it too. Yeah. Like some of the like the final score kind mm-hmm. of graphics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like score update graphics had the kind of the same typeface. Mm. There you is, go. That, is that the right? Wow, impressive. Okay, awesome. I didn't know if I was going <laughs> to sound like an idiot when I said that. But, yeah, I, I liked it too. Uh, this week, though, back to the oval tiger head logo. Some and people really hate white. that. Yeah, whatever. Now, Can't what I saw everybody. in look the... At, look at the other SEC logos and then complain yeah. about your logo. That's exactly. Say. Yeah. Not everybody's a Mizzou, Florida tier logo. Logos. We on the same page there? Florida's yes. pretty oh, top yeah, tier. Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, for okay. sure. Um, I mean, that's symmetry. Yeah. Mm. That nice oval. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The block M is still fantastic. We love it. Of course. Somebody in the replies to the uniform announcement tweet for this week brought up the helmet with, like, the diamond pattern in the mm. gold stripe. Yeah. And, well, yeah, why is that not the standard? Know. That's nice. Because that's a really cool-looking helmet. Kind of, like, coming down the yeah. front there. Yeah. Yeah. We still have the gold with the two white stripes currently mm-hmm. down the center of the helmet. But, yeah, there was, like, a metallic gold. Is that gold some random, like, homecoming, g- you know, game I we did that for or something? No, They just used it a few times one season, maybe maybe two seasons ago, um, several times. But I don't know why we haven't seen that back. Maybe it's too uh, expensive or difficult to get those yeah. diamonds on there. Yeah, I think I'd like to see what they did. You may have already just said this a minute ago, but, like, a black helmet with, like, the white yeah, writing cool or something yeah. like that. I think that would yeah. pop a little more. Yeah, yeah. The white on the yellow is just a little harder yeah. to see from right. a distance. Mm-hmm. Like you want to show off that pretty logo. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was uniform time and costume. Some people say. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> and was it you said that one time by accident? No, it's just oh. you know. Some people call it a football yeah. costume. Yeah, I think some people get a little annoyed how dramatic of a presentation it is. Oh, I see. Just so they're like, trying. Oh, to here's the like, costume yeah, for yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah, I yeah. got gotcha. you. Just you know, grumpy folks. Uh, come, give us this. Just you know, let us enjoy. We don't it. have a lot. Let let us enjoy the pretty yeah. things. We have a win over Abilene Christian in our cool uniforms. Just let us enjoy it. Exactly. Um, all right, let's get back on track here. What uh, Abilene Christian? There can't be much else to talk about that game. Um, post-game press conference i want to bring us back to that because coach drinkwitz was very thankful for the fans showing up and he had nothing uh no there were no loser comments you know he had nothing negative to say about the fan base he was very positive and seemed very genuine genuinely thankful for how many people showed up to this game wow winning winning fixes everything huh yeah i guess even so. when it's abilene christian yeah and even and a pr the, person yes and it was family weekend so there was a lot of people yeah, in Columbia. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, it did look like the game was really well attended on TV. I think I, they, I saw that it was, like, the best, well, uh, most well-attended game since 2019 or 18 yeah. or something like that. Supposedly, yeah. So, which, honestly, I felt like the Louisiana Tech game was well-attended when mm-hmm. we were there. But um, just seeing, like, there was a ton of people on the hill and stuff like that for yeah. Abilene Christian as well. So, 
Yeah, that, I mean, that was good to see considering it was after a pretty brutal loss to Kansas State. But there, yeah, yeah. you mentioned it was uh, like parents weekend or whatever. So there, there was probably going to be a crowd no matter what. But in all seriousness, I thought Drinkwitz handled the postgame press conference very well. And I think he did exactly what I would have told him to do and hoped he would do, which is he didn't have to, you know, completely do a 180 and, you know, literally walk back his previous comments he just needed to kind of be like all right it it was almost like he was saying i know what i said but listen i I thank you guys for showing up and yeah are we cool we're cool yeah we don't need the apology probably just don't even don't even reference that but also we're cool like yeah probably improve yeah (laughs) and let the fans know they're appreciated right i mean you're getting paid a lot of money to to coach the football team you gotta be fan you gotta be friends with the fans that's kind of a non-negotiable yeah um did we talk about uh dave matter bringing up he tweeted about the how many times they thrown the ball deep no okay so he tweeted that there was a stat that uh brady cook has thrown the third most passes of 20 yards or more out of all sec quarterbacks so far this season and it was only like 13 maybe and like for example bryce young for alabama has only thrown six Hmm. that may not be exactly right but it was something like that yeah and does i mean you spoke to this earlier wanting to see more intermediate throws so maybe we've already answered this but i feel like there is this part of the Mizzou offense discourse right now is opening up the offense a little bit more, but it's always been horizontal or a bomb. Right. So the 20 plus yard stat, maybe that's a little bit reassuring, but I don't think that really speaks to the problem that we've been seeing in the passing game. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can throw the, the ball deep, but I mean, you have to show you can complete it, I think is really what you're looking for mm-hmm. as far as like stretching the defense, making them respect like a, you know, somebody that can burn them. And, you know, I think Dominic Lovett is potentially getting to that status where, you know, the defense will see what he's done so far and, and you know, maybe play a little softer defense um, on if they're playing man or whatever it is. But I mean, yeah, I guess we've attempted a lot of deep balls, but we haven't hit on many. And um, especially, you know, I think they threw like three or four at least a burden in that first game, and none of them hit. And so a lot of them were underthrown. And a lot of them were Brady Cook's fault. That's something that Cook can honestly pretty easily adjust and improve on. Yeah. You still got to be accurate, but underthrowing guys on the deep balls, you can change that in a heartbeat. For sure. Just by putting more on it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that that's something that has to improve though if, if they're going to open up the running game and that kind of stuff they just the defense has to know that we can beat them um over their heads beat them over their heads yeah <laughs> just beat them deep over their heads just beat them over the head yeah i mean we we would do that too i'm sure if it was allowed we'll try it we'll try anything Pulling at this mike point. evans on him <laughs> yeah all right, so that was Abilene Christian. Now we are moving on to a road matchup against the Auburn Tigers. Auburn is really bad, still favored by seven at home. Um, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, folks listening, we could get Missouri football could get a coach fired this weekend. We just got to show up and be the better team. Yeah, I mean, got two not great teams going up against each other. This is. Uh, favored by seven, whatever. 
This yeah. is anybody's game. We're, we're yeah. right back in the Kansas State situation. We've talked about this already. This is a winnable game. Yeah. If Missouri comes out and lays an egg like they did against Kansas State, it's going to be incredibly disappointing, and we're going to need answers immediately. <laughs> so watch out for that. If that happens, who yeah. knows what? But. I mean, preseason, this is exactly what we thought could happen. We thought, you know, there's a pretty good chance that we have the opportunity to go into the Georgia game 3-1. and one. Um, don't know if they're going to beat Kansas State. Don't know if they're going to beat Auburn, but they have the really the the opportunity to reasonably beat either of those teams. And I don't really think anything's changed there. And uh, I don't think we thought they would win both of them. But um, I don't think anything. If you told us exactly what was going to happen, like win loss wise, we wouldn't have been surprised preseason. And so we're still sitting here with an opportunity to to be three and one, one and zero oh in the SEC. Uh, going into the Georgia game Uh, so I don't know man this is I mean this is about as juicy of an opportunity as you can possibly get on the road going to Auburn like a SEC West powerhouse like it just will never be easier than this moment with a team that isn't very good and has their quarterbacks are hurt and they the players seemingly have quit on their coach I mean, it just does not get any easier than this. Similar to when LSU came to town fresh off a national championship, but basically none of the players returning. Mm -hmm. And we didn't actually know it at the time, but that was the opportunity to beat LSU. Yeah. Who knows when we're going to do it again? For sure. So this is that type of opportunity here. It, It was still a really big win when we beat LSU at home, even though LSU was down. And it's the exact same situation here. It doesn't matter that Auburn is down. This is an opportunity to make a statement exactly yeah i mean this it's still going to be those talented recruits that auburn wanted and it's still going to be that pretty crazy crowd i mean they're they're still going to have eighty thousand plus um it's it's an sec game and it matters and um so i'm sure the fans will show up and you know that's been a huge concern in the drinkwitz era is they've been really bad on the road all three years and i mean uh, obviously the Kansas State game was a really loud environment and they looked completely disoriented by that yeah. so hopefully that was a lesson like okay that's what we have to that's the standard we you know gotta, what to expect we got to deal with that um, maybe that gave them a uh, hopefully some some insights on how to handle it again I don't I don't want to get too negative here but Kansas State while we're talking about them they lost to Tulane yeah. 17 to 10 this past weekend yeah so that's a little bit of a yikes. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, just, yeah, the, the transitive, transitive property, you know, isn't always the most reliable thing, but that's certainly not a good look. Um, getting absolutely trounced by Kansas State two weeks ago, and then they go lose, then they lose to Tulane. So um, pretty much everything that if you if you look at those kind of factors like Missouri, not really handling an FCS team all that well. The Kansas State stuff. Yeah, that stuff is not a great look for going into. Tulane might actually Auburn. be good. I'm looking at some things. Okay, what they, are you looking at? They're 3-0. and They have not been – I mean, Kansas State was the closest game they've had. Big upset for them. They destroyed Massachusetts. They destroyed Alcorn State. Those are nobodies. But um, they're in the, in the American Conference. Who? Acorn State? Alcorn State put some respect on their name. Okay, I apologize. And <laughs> uh, yeah, like um, Houston lost to Kansas, I think they did. So 
who do we have here? Tulane needs to beat UCF, Cincinnati, and Memphis. Tulane might be easy. Back to Auburn, though. Uh, Quarterback TJ Finley hurt his shoulder, so he will not be playing against Missouri. We'll be playing against backup quarterback Robbie Ashford. Now, Finley had not been playing well before the injury. Um, Ashford actually did come in against Penn State. Let me back up a little bit. Auburn, 2-1. and one. They beat Mercer, 42-16. to 16. They beat San Jose State, 24-16. to 16. Yikes. And then they just got destroyed at home? Yeah. Yes. To Penn State, 41-12. Uh, to 12. Yeah, they had like a three-way quarterback competition too because the Texas A&M's Zach Calzada yeah. transferred there in the offseason. And I think... I mean, I was hearing he was maybe third string anyway. Right. He is now out for the season with yeah. an injury, but was not impressing bef- before that. So Ashford is the guy now. He came in. Um, he played against San Jose State a little bit. Finley was still the starter. Uh, Ashford threw the ball three times, and one of them was intercepted. But he ran the ball seven times for 61 yards in that game. And then moving to the Penn State game he played quite a bit more and he was 10 of 19 passing one touchdown one interception but then again uh, ran the ball 11 times wasn't very successful Um, he only had 29 total yards he probably got sacked plenty of times because he did have a rush of 28 yards those stats always look weird when it's a quarterback right yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think he's going to be a prolific passer now. I mean, you never know uh, because even we made our Adrian Martinez look good. Yeah. But he is definitely the most dangerous athlete that we've faced this year so far, like at quarterback. He's probably one of the fastest players on Auburn's team, to be completely honest. Like, he can absolutely destroy you, like in the option game, if you're not ready for it. And uh, one thing that I saw him do a little bit in the Penn State game, just watching some highlights of that game last week um, that Adrian Martinez got us with a couple of times two, uh, two weeks ago was kind of look like he's kind of starting to run or scramble a little bit and then just get a real quick pass out to a, you know, because it kind of draws the defense in. Yeah. They, they think he's he's scrambling and then kind he of just. Kind of that like extended rollout yes. where you start to kind of be on the line of, is this guy going to take off? Right. And yeah. so you kind of have to go in to defend him and then he just hits an open receiver whenever you kind of forget about the receiver so he did that with the running back actually a few times as well so very capable running backs um and he's got the ability to get creative on in playmaking too so i'm i'm a little worried about his athleticism yeah i mean i don't think we can game plan for the option all week or even and that's part of it actually we wouldn't have been game planning if they were looking ahead to Auburn with the game planning last week, mm-hmm. we probably weren't really preparing for Ashford no, last week. Probably not. So we're going to have to retool some things and really pay attention to. They kind of run all type of option, read option, uh, a little bit of triple option and speed option pitch style. So there's going to be a lot going on in the backfield. I think if I was trying to make a prediction there i would say he's going to keep the ball a lot mm-hmm. on the option reads and we almost need to force it into the hands of the running back yeah um 
their offensive line has not looked good in either in run blocking or pass blocking. So I think we just need to keep them from getting him or the running backs outside yep. in space. That's exactly what I was going to say was I, um, in some ways, you know, Missouri hasn't been super great, like passing, like uh, pass rushing this year. Like yeah. they're not really getting a whole lot of pressure on the quarterbacks, not a lot of sacks. Um, and just some, enough sometimes. Yes. But. In some ways that could almost maybe help them in this game. If they are just able to set the edge, kind of keep everything moving towards the inside. Don't let them get out, out in the numbers. Um, I, I think that could be potentially beneficial in this game. What chance is there that we are just talking about him running and that's all anybody cares about. And then he comes out here and throws the ball 30 times and racks up 300 yards passing i mean it's not impossible uh we have seen backup quarterbacks who were known for running come out and throw the ball all over the field yeah um yes there's a little bit of almost of a curse i feel like with with backup quarterbacks but specifically the one that stands out to me was david blau from purdue in like 2018 or whatever that was and Missouri actually won that game. It was on the road against Purdue. But and David Blau, I mean, had thrown for like less than a hundred yards on the season or so. Like he was just completely known as the run only quarterback and torched us for five hundred plus passing yards in that game. Now he's in the NFL. Now he's in the NFL. So just because of that one game. Just all, basically he had enough stats from that game to make a <laughs> professional career out of it. Um but yeah, I mean that's certainly possible. This guy, he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He's not. He's definitely not a scrub. He's not just like a. He's not just like a wide receiver that they're yeah. they're having play quarterback. He's completely capable of uh, killing us to the air, as well. Is this gonna be an ugly game? Yeah, I think so. I think. It's, I mean, I thought that about the Kansas State game. I thought it was gonna be ugly. I mean, it was, but like low scoring from both sides and. It should have been uglier for Kansas State's offense. Yeah, the second half was that way. Yes. It was like good defense mutually in the second half and a low scoring. I thought that's how the whole game would be. I think this game definitely has the potential to, to be like a 20-17 to 17 kind of game or something like that. You ready to make a prediction? Yeah, I think so. You like 20-17? to 17? I honestly hadn't really thought about it. Um, yeah, give me um, – Give give me twenty to thirteen Auburn. That's painful. It's brutal. Look, I mean, I I would love to say Missouri marches in there, gets the win. I definitely think it's possible. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it's never going to be easier than this because of the factors we've talked about. Just an inexperienced at quarterback, a team that seemingly hates their coach, and I don't blame them. He's probably out the door this season, no matter what. Um, they probably they, they don't enjoy playing for this person, and it's pretty obvious based on how they're playing. Um, Missouri can march in there, and I wouldn't even be shocked if they won by by a touchdown or two. Like they're they're capable of doing that, but I just have to see it first, man. Like I just don't believe in them right now, based on some of the things they've done. Uh, they have to earn my trust back before I'm I'm ready to get back on the bandwagon. Yeah, the problem is Auburn's offense not scary at all, but. They have really big athletic defensive linemen. They're at home. And they're at home. I think Auburn's defensive line is going to make problems for Missouri's offense. Oh, yeah. Brady Cook's not going to have a lot of time. There's not going to be a lot of running lanes. Cook is going to have to improvise, I think, and get some first downs running the ball. 
we gotta get something going with the running backs and some runs up the middle. We gotta be able to get three or four yards a few times. Yeah. That was something I was gonna say about the deep passing earlier is when you're not completing, like the way things have been going right now, it's like best, there's a chance we're gonna have a big play, but it's like an incompletion is like, okay. Because on some of these underthrown balls that we saw against uh, Louisiana Tech, and obviously it was Interception City against Kansas State, um, some of those underthrown balls, you're thinking like uh, incomplete passes is we'll best case scenario right now. Yeah. So when that's what your vertical passing game is, you're basically just giving up a down. And yeah. we can't afford to be doing that. I'd rather run the ball for two yards than just have an incomplete pass that mm-hmm. wastes it down. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like you can take a shot whenever you get some good yardage on the ground on first down or something like that. Something like that. You got a second and short. Yeah. Like that's a pretty optimal time to take a shot. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of risk if you if you don't get it. And then you got a third and short. Yeah. But Missouri just does not. They're not doing that at all. They're not getting um, good push on first down. They're not having any like second and two or anything like that. Right. And Drinkwitz talked about that in the post game press conference again. He talked about how they are not getting a good down and distance on second down or third down. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's the key to opening up your options yeah. and making the defense guess. That's kindergarten level football analysis right there. I mean, yeah. Second Thanks. and second and long third, and, not from you. <laughs> <laughs> second and long third and long bad. Yeah. Exactly. Second and short. Good. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna, Oh man. I think this is going to be an ugly game. We got to be able to do something on offense. I think it's going to be 17-17 going into the final drive. I think I'm going to give a really specific prediction. Missouri gets an interception in the fourth quarter. Auburn's trying to go win the game with a field goal. Missouri gets an interception. Who gets it? Uh, a linebacker. Okay. Linebacker interception, and Harrison Mevis wins the game with a field goal. Wow. Uh, but we got to stop Auburn one last time, and they just can't make a drive happen in Man. you know thirty-five seconds. I don't even care. I said I, I twenty to seventeen, Mizzou. I I told some of the guys on the Discord this this week. Like I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how bad Auburn is. I don't care about the surrounding situation i want to win yeah i want to go get a win in a in against a powerhouse team in a great environment kind of get some te- some confidence for mizzou bounce back a little bit um that would be awesome to see missouri march in there and, and get a w so i hope you're right it can happen it can it'll and be if, if missouri goes in there and does the opposite if they get the tar beat out of them like they did against Kansas State. They get State. beat over the head. They get beat <laughs> over their heads against uh, Auburn, a terrible Auburn team. I'm, don't let just, it happen. Don't let it happen. I did. I don't even want to say. Don't let it happen. It's just Mizzou sucks. I'm sorry. Don't let if, it happen. If that happens. Yeah. Just we're not gonna have to deal with that. Please don't go there. Brian Harson getting fired. By the, this time next week, when we're doing this. We're gonna be talking about Brian Harson. See you later. Yes, I'm very confident in all of that. For I mean, honestly, though, if Missouri wins, is he gone? I think so. I think so. The, well, well, college football has set the precedent now this year. 
the sport. Uh, yes. They're, Auburn's going to not – they won't be afraid because other teams have made the move already. Nebraska fired Scott Frost. Arizona State just fired Herm Edwards. On the field. Yes. Potentially. So, that's the way it looks. <laughs> um, so, you know, if that hadn't happened yet in, in pretty high-profile way, especially with Frost, then I feel like Auburn – wouldn't necessarily want to be the first one to make that jump. Oh yeah, they're the craziest fan base anyway. They'll but be, they'll, yeah. they'll do it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, lose them as you come on. Like Auburn doesn't do that. Right. Yeah, that's right. the way they're viewing it. <laughs> Man, I want that. We'll see. Yeah, me too. Twenty to seventeen, Mizzou. That's all we got to worry about. That's all we got to think about. Positive vibes only. I'm gonna manifest it. I think Mavis is gonna have a huge day. <laughs> he's he's had a yeah. Well, let's let's think here. So, I probably should have picked a score that requires fewer touchdowns. That's exactly what I was, why I picked twenty. Yeah. More field goals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He he uh, he needs to get some confidence. He, yeah, missed a few. Yeah, but two. he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. No. All right, let's pick some games. How did we do last week? I have no idea, but thank goodness producer Cameron is back this week. He can tell us. <laughs> Alrighty, last week, Cameron, you got eight points. I got 10 points. Kyle got 11, and the guest pickers got 11. So that brings our season totals to Cameron has 23, Kyle 24, the guest pickers 26, and I have 30. Holy cow. How many points did you just get this past week? 10 Dang. okay got some work to do alrighty first up this week well our guest picker is Matthew Matthew thank you for sending us your picks today <laughs> what do you do I saluted him <laughs> right. that was a very like that was a very serious salute I'm I mean si- it should be I'm, we, we, we are it. thankful yes we are okay alrighty first game is Kent State at number one Georgia Georgia Take a guess. Take a wild guess. Literally, Forty-seven and a half. Yeah, forty-four. Forty-five. You want Georgia, everybody? Yes, yeah, please. I, I'm so tired of the like two teams just literally could. Uh, okay, who's the second team? Oh man, Alabama. Alabama they almost lost to Texas. Okay, that's true. Georgia. I'm just tired of these super teams, man. Georgia is, teams. is. It will. It's going to change any day now. Okay, what's is there a bigger gap between Georgia and the worst FCS team? In the pro in the country, FBS, no, FCS. Yes. Okay, and Georgia and the worst NFL team. What's the bigger gap? Absolutely, the bigger gap is in college mm-hmm. between think. Georgia and the FCS. Team. Yeah. Oh, yes. for sure. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were about to go the opposite. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no I, I mean, Georgia's got who's half the worst, te- who's the worst team in? in the NFL? The Carolina Panthers, probably. They're in the running. Close. Maybe, maybe Seattle or somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they have a win. That's true. I can't remember who they beat, but Jacksonville. Yeah, me either. Uh, Jacksonville's a good win. Just call them the Panthers. It's fine. Okay. We want the first pick anyway. Yeah. They suck. Yeah. Georgia versus the Carolina Panthers. That's a better game. Yeah. That's a better game than, yeah. Still a bad game. That's a better game than uh, Georgia versus Alcorn State. Yeah. I bet. I agree. All right. Moving on. Anyway. Another barn burner. Bowling Green at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a 30-point favorite. That's going to be closer than the experts think, but I'll take Mississippi State. Give me Mike Leach. I think there's really only two uh, debatable games this week. but 
All right, we're all on Mississippi State. Number 20, Florida at number 11, Tennessee. Tennessee is a 10.5-point favorite. Matthew takes Tennessee. Uh, it's at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tennessee flirting with top 10 in the country. Yeah. Florida might be. Florida looked really good after week one. Yeah. But they have not lived up to the hype. After no. That. I got to go Tennessee. I think Florida is not going to live up to the hype year long, but I think they're going to have some big games. We saw one against Utah. We're going to see one here against Tennessee. I'll Ooh. take Florida. Mm. But Florida is going to be up and down. It's going to be a roller coaster for Florida all Okay. Season. I'll take Tennessee. Okay, let's go You're Florida. On Island again. Let's go Florida. How many points did he get, did he get last week? Eight only. Eight. Uh, okay, well, you know, that was very courageous of you. Yeah. I'm trying to make moves. Okay. Tulsa at number 16, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a 21.5 point favorite. Yeah, sounds good. Ole Miss. Yep. Easy week for the guest pickers, honestly. Oh, yeah. Really? What a cakewalk. Everybody on Ole Miss. You ever, ever been to a cakewalk before? Yeah. Uh,. I've been to a thing where they give away cakes as prizes. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? Yeah, and there's some kind mm-hmm. of walking involved. Is it yeah. like, like on numbers? Chairs? Kind it's kind of like that. I don't yeah, know how yes, remember specifically. There's a number on. Okay, on it's coming ground. back to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a number on the chair or ground or something yeah. that that corresponds with a cake. Yes, something. And but you, then can't you steal the cake? Probably. I think it's got a little white elephant thing going on with oh, it. Okay. Wow. I remember doing that in like elementary school. Like maybe there's like a some kind of school event at night you know it's weird as being at school mm-hmm. at night that's yeah. what i was thinking i did it at some sort of school event yeah interesting interesting that's really deep in the archives of this yeah yeah that that was brain. a memory that i didn't wouldn't lost I, memory yes it'll be a cakewalk already northern illinois at kentucky number eight kentucky they are a 26 and a half point favorite northern illinois they, let me down let big down. last week i'll take you, kentucky who did you pick them to beat last week vanderbilt Oh my goodness! How could you rookie mistake? Uh, yeah, give me um, who was it? Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take that. Everybody on Kentucky. Already, number ten, Arkansas at number twenty-three, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a two and a half point favorite. Matt's taking Arkansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Oh, Arkansas. They almost lost to Missouri State. Yes, they did. Yeah, give me A&M. And they're still number 10? Yeah. A&M's a favorite. I don't like that, but I'll still take it just to differ. How is – we talk about this every week, but Texas A&M is just like a nobody. They're, they've been fraudulent for years, man. Who Do they have a good quarterback? Nobody ever knows. Nobody knows. Is their quarterback healthy? Nobody ever knows. No. Um, I'll take A&M. <laughs> oh, I don't want Arkansas to be good. I hate I, Arkansas, man. Uh, I wanted them to lose so bad against the fighting Bobby Petrinos. Yeah. Bobby Petrino. He, I've been hearing through the rumor mill, Nebraska might be interested in Bobby Petrino. What's the rumor mill? I'm sure Bobby Petrino is probably, he's probably within <laughs> like a five mile radius of us right now. We could probably find him and ask him. If he's find interested him. in the Nebraska job? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we should try to get him on and ask him He's that. probably just around the block somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Let's try and get him on. All right. He'll right, definitely we'll answer whether he's looking at other jobs yeah, or not. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are on Texas A&M. Yeah, I'll take yeah, A&M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I keep like, forgetting who we're even. 
Who are you even guessing? We have a whole story between every single pick. Yeah, cakewalks, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Vanderbilt at number two, Alabama. Alabama is a 40-and-a-half-point favorite. Alabama, but I don't – I think Florida – I mean, I think Vanderbilt covers. Hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a kind of a respect thing. Nick Saban doesn't want to embarrass Vanderbilt. Okay. Does he have some what? family ties? Or? It's SEC. SEC. He doesn't care about that. No, I I believe you. I'm just telling you. you watch Alabama. watch the fourth quarter and watch Alabama take the like let their foot off the gas. Take the pedal off the metal. Yeah. Pedal off the metal. <laughs> I'll take Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone's on Alabama. New Mexico at LSU. LSU is a thirty one and a half point favorite. Jeez. Some good games. I guess I'll take LSU, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. This is SEC football. Everybody's on LSU. All right. Charlotte at South Carolina. South Carolina is a 22-and-a-half point favorite. Dang, Mizzou versus Auburn is like the game of the week in yeah. the SEC. My goodness. Um, Hopefully yeah, South me, Carolina doesn't look good in that game. Yeah, give me the opposite in. of Charlotte. don't even know who it was. Yeah, South Carolina. Everybody yes. on South Carolina. Yep. Some barn burners this week. That's it? That's Somebody's going to trip up. I just know it. It's going to be whoever Florida's playing. Tennessee. Oh, you think somebody's going to get upset? Sh- Charlotte's going to do it. Charlotte's, Pick it. Web, Charlotte's Web, Pickett. No. <laughs> Javon Pickett. No, I won't. I, I surely won't. Uh, no Nebraska this week. They're, oh, at least they can't lose. They are cowards. They don't want to play. I don't blame them. Yeah. Taking a week off. Can't play, can't lose. That's true. Don't play, can't you? Whatever. Um, is Fair. that all? Are we done here? Yeah. 20 to 17, Tigers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Next time you're gone, I'm going to just sit here silently at that part and make Kyle say it. I'm just going to look at him like, you got it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. After win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I probably just feel like, uh, don't.